Hello and welcome to a very special impromptu Islanders Anxiety from Lighthouse Hockey and the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Saturday evening is my friend Michael Eboff. And Mike, uh, we had no plans to actually do this episode. We were, we, we're going to just have a, a weird Islanders episode later this week, which we're still going to have. But uh, we have a couple of Islanders bits to talk about and then uh, one team elimination that we're definitely <laughs> going to talk about in the second half and we've been kind of chomping at the bit now for 24 hours to talk about but uh we're going to start with islander stuff first and uh according to andrew gross it sounds like lou lamorello may uh be expecting an extension from the uh the team uh did you get a chance to think about this uh have you heard about it and uh what are you feeling this is uh the 250th uh, episode of Islanders Anxiety, and it is incredibly appropriate that it is here taking mm-hmm. place on a nine o'clock on a Saturday night. <laughs> the two of, two of us decided that the best way to spend our Saturday night <laughs> uh, is here talking about this Islanders team mm-hmm. on in May, of course, and they're not they haven't played for a while, and there's some incredible kind of. I don't know how to say kismet that this is happening, that this milestone episode is happening uh, on the heels of the Leafs getting eliminated. Right. Uh, and, you know, because I think so much of this podcast has come together, uh, came together, I think, the day that John Tavares left. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of when we kind of started to figure out where we were as a podcast and sort through it, all the baggage. Um, and so we get to talk about that and we get to talk about <laughs> the Islanders <laughs> uh, going completely silent. When were they eliminated? April 28th. I don't even know. Something Jeez. like it's been, it's almost been three weeks. Yeah. Basically it's, it's we're getting, or it has been whatever it's been. Um, and we're here talking about nothing again, because at <laughs> this time the nothing is something, mm. right? Like that. I remember on Friday, no Thursday, um, texting a couple people who who know who were like you know, in the media or whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, we've heard some Islanders rumblings, but." Have been told nothing yet, and then the thirty-two thoughts thing came out, yeah. which was an absolute. I mean, I for a second I thought you wrote that to them. <laughs> you know, I was like, "Is this a damn bit?" I felt like he, I did. Yeah, he, did he send them this? And right. is he playing a joke on me? Is yeah. that is that what's going on? And the, but uh, but it turns out that the Islanders look like they're going to bring back Lamarillo. Looks like they're going to bring Brett back. Uh, Lane Lambert to coach. And I'm not surprised, but the one thing I am kind of just, if this is, if this is the case, mm. why didn't they just tell us, you know? Right. <laughs> and and yeah. I know the answer to that question is mm. because they, they make you work for every morsel of information, including some yeah. business guy taking over something. We don't even know what his role is, um, yeah. uh, it, but all we know is, you know, he's done some cool and innovative things at the NF- NHL, Jeff. Um, but yeah, they 
they don't say anything. Um, and it comes out via Andrew Gross uh, that all signs are kind of pointing to the Lou Lamarillo getting a three-year deal, mm. which would take him to age 84. And, and I've said I've 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 said this a couple times about Lamarillo. Uh, like it's just it's it's really think about all the people you know in your life that are over the age of eighty. Mm. Like the fact that this guy is running efficiently in NHL franchises, just incredible. Yeah. Whether you you think he's you know whatever whatever you think about the job he's done with the roster. That's, that is bizarre in today's age. Uh, and, and part of the reason, like it's kind of fun just to be a part of it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and you know, and much like our friend and Lou's friend, Stan Fischler, this guy does not appear to be like an 80 year old man. Like Stan is 91 and you would never know. Like he's, you know, he's as sharp and, as energetic and as spry as people half his age, a quarter of his age. And and I feel like Lou is very much the same, you know, the Lou that we get in front of the cameras, you know, Islanders TV video Lou, I don't think is even almost close to the Lou that people see behind the scenes and, and in the, the offices and stuff like that. And, and I know that, and we're going to talk about this in a second, like you know, the outside perception is why would you want an 84 year old man running your team when you can hire a, I don't know, bespeckled 30-something-year-old wonder boy <laughs> from Canada to run your team. But the fact of the matter is, and, and listen, so yeah, but, well, all right. So the story was from Andrew Gross at Newsday basically saying that uh, he is expects that Lou will be offered a contract extension. Uh, he's saying that um, uh, it's expected. Newsday is very confident to report Lamorella will be asked back, likely on a new three-year deal, um, and that Lane Lambert would be uh, returning as well. And, uh, you know, he's saying that post-elimination post silence only fueled speculation of whether one or both would return. Uh, but, uh, you know, he pushed back, Lou pushed back when asked late in the season about the common belief that he was coming back to the end of his original five-year deal. So it's basically just a recap, but with the ex- expectation that he would be asked back on a three-year deal. So it's not that he signed one. It's not that he's going to get one. It's that the expectation is that he is going to get one, which means that somebody told gross that this is probably going to happen and that's why he ran with it. And so, you know, on, on one hand, uh, I'm not going to lie. Like I was kind of hoping for maybe a new voice, maybe feeling that this team's just like current... some, ind- some indication of something right. at least, you know, like, like, yeah. yeah, he's here, but so is, you know, George McPhee. Yeah, thing, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pops into my head or something. And that might still very well be the case. Um, but having said that, and you know, to get back to Mike's original point, like this is a guy who was brought in specifically, and we can never forget this, to establish the franchise the way an NHL franchise is supposed to be run. And that was the difference between Garth Snow and Lou Lamarell. For years, Garth Snow under Charles Wong, obviously, for many, many reasons, had to be run on sort of a shoestring budget, skeleton crew, did the best they could with those limited resources. Now that you have the resources of a Scott Malkin and John Ledecky, they wanted a guy there to build the franchise the way it was supposed to be, run the franchise the way it was supposed to be run, and they found the perfect guy to do that. And so 
for all of you know our complaints, and believe me, you're more than justified in complaining about how Lou does things. That's the reality of why he's here. And so I kind of get why they would want him around. They did make the playoffs after a while. And and I mean, I think the team likes to play for him. We've talked last week about how loyal they all, all are to each other. But I think there is something to be said for there needs to be a change in philosophy somewhere. Maybe it's an assistant coach. Maybe it's a new you know power play scheme or some new players or something. But if Lou's coming back, you know, honestly, I, I think that's probably fine. I think he's earned, you know, a little bit of extra time given what's happened so far. But uh, something that doesn't mean that something can't change or something has to change <laughs> at some point. And uh, and Neil Best in his Newsday column about this basically said the same thing. He said, you know, uh, you know, no, there's nothing wrong with stability. Stability is fine and loyalty is fine, too. But uh, if, um, you know, it's time to kind of change things up a little bit and maybe a new philosophy is there. I mean, does that, does that cross your mind too? I mean, are you, are you all in on uh, a, a Lou extension or are you kind of a little bit like, eh, I really kind of wish somebody else had come in here and kind of taken the reins a little. Uh, no, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like I, I've kind of, you know, I was talking to, to rat Martin uh, and he, and he said something that I've never, it's going to sound so simple. <laughs> but I've never really put it into words before. Mm. Um, and he's like, I just like being a Lou Lamarillo team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's that too. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like, I know Lou is going to, has and made some, some blunders and is going to make more. And, and like every GM does. That's the other thing is like, if he, if he did move out, mm. we're, just think about the general managers in in my lifetime yeah. and and you'll be reminded that the the grass isn't always greener uh, <laughs> between Millberry than that uh than the the Neil Smith era snow uh and and Lou um and and so I know like there, there there's going to be what's the opposite of growing pains because there's no growing with <laughs> he's not yeah. growing anymore. Lou Labarillo. He's just uh, like, uh, I don't know, just pain, I guess. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, he's going to make, you know, there's going to be typical kind of Lou mistakes, but, uh, I enjoy, I enjoy the ride of, I enjoy being on the ride that he's driving mm. for so many reasons. And and one of them at the top of the the list is how mad it makes everybody else in the league that this guy is the general manager of the Islanders, not because they want him, but because they look at him as the anti bespeckled, dirty something Canadian guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you right. it's it's not lost on me that that Lou has somehow been turned into this ogre hockey man. Uh, that when, as we've said hundreds of times on this show, he is the outlier. Like he is the unique one in this group of 32 general managers. He has never played an NHL game. He was a teacher at Providence. Like when he got, <laughs> when he was, came up, uh, he's not a, like some hot shot lawyer and he didn't, you, you want to know who a hockey man is. It's that bespeckled uh, goofball right. in Toronto because his family, like, ran the Sioux Greyhounds. Mm. You know, like the, he, right. he he wasn't some 
you know, rags to riches story where he, you know, was living on the street outside of Scotiabank Arena, pulling at Brian Burke's and Pat Quinn's pan leg, being like, just give me a chance. Right. And then they, they hired him to be some scruffy intern and he worked his way up blood sweat and tears no he was just a part of a hockey family that had a big role with the sioux greyhounds one of the biggest teams in the ohl uh and and lou is the guy who just kind of was a teacher and whatever uh and now he's the 81 year old (laughs) in a in a room where everybody's trending i mean just even think about all sports right Mm. like if you lined up every general manager in American North American sports, honestly, probably if you lined up all of them, you know, whatever the equivalent role of general manager is across all sports in the world, one of them is going to stand out for, you know, that people stand out for different reasons, but one of them is going to stand out for being eighty-one, <laughs> right? Like, right, yeah, and that's Lou, uh, and it's. It's it might not be like the best way to look at it, because whether that makes him a better general manager or not, does I don't who cares? But right. uh, you know the uh, but that's how I look at it. Is like and I enjoy the the ride he brings you on because every day nothing happens, but somehow he makes that it makes it exciting. Like that intrigue, the mystery around it all. Uh, mm. It's frustrating. You don't know, you know, you have no idea what's going to happen when you wake up in the morning with the Islanders. Right. Uh, you know, it's almost certainly going to be nothing. But <laughs> if it's not nothing, it's always something, right? Like, and uh, it's something big, it feels like. So I enjoy that and I've learned to enjoy it. And it's, it's, it's sound, it might sound deranged. And uh, as we said a hundred times already on this show, like you can have, you can, make a very good case that mm. he's should probably move on. But personally, I, I like being a Lou Lamorella team. Yeah. Well, like I said, Neil, Neil best in his um, article just wrote bottom line. It's time for changes. Will Lamorello be willing and or able to pull that off? We shall see, but he is not known to be a big fan of rebuilds. I don't know if the Islanders necessarily need a rebuild, but, they do need changes. Like they get, again, we talked about this last time. We're not going to watch another 30th ranked power. Play. Like, and Lou, Lou knows that. Like, we can't go through that again. We can't, I mean, as my, and we're going to talk in a second about uh, Ilya Sorokin's Vezina trophy um, votes and, and being a finalist there, but maybe playing the guy 60 games probably wasn't a good idea. Like, we probably could have, you know, they could have played Varlamov a few extra games, unless he was hurt, in which case he did not in- indicate during his thing. So there, there needs to be some changes. There needs to be some, you know, way to find, you got to find team guys that can score consistently because this team seems to always have at least three guys on a 12 or 15 or 20 game point streak, uh point drought every season. And that's got to stop. <laughs> um, but again, like, you know, we're, I, I'm with you. Like I like being a fan of Lou. And it's funny. Cause I was just, while you were talking, I was, it, it occurred to me, you know, even when he was hired by the devils, let, let's just, let's pretend like they had social media in 1987 and there was some sort of hockey Twitter going on. Lou was 45 years old when the Devils hired him, right? <laughs> so he was never the uh, young, bespeckled uh, boy genius that some other guys are. He was always that old. You know, if they had hired him 
at that point, people would be like, you're hiring a 45 year old college uh, athletic director as a GM. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with that. And then of course, you know, whatever, six years later, seven years later, they, they won the cup. So uh, I just kind of find it. I mean, he was 45 years old when he did this, you know, and, and again, this is the guy who basically wrote the book on how to run a, a, new, a franchise. So, you know, we don't have much to go on right now. Again, this is just a report from Andrew Gross. He's as plugged as any, plugged in as anybody. So, I mean, if he's saying it, chances are, it's going to happen. So don't, don't be you know surprised if that happens, but maybe they hire some more people. Uh, as Mike alluded to, there was a, uh, a bit on 32 thoughts on Friday and they, they started talking about the Islanders and then they, they played this sort of weird, like radio static. And then Elliot Friedman said, you know, I was going to say something, but uh, you know, he, I don't know for what, I forget what reason why he didn't, but turns out they might be hiring this guy, John Collins as a biz on the business side of, of the operation. Collins, if his name sounds familiar, is basically the guy who created the idea of the Winter Classic and organized and kind of executed the World Cup of Hockey, both of which were obviously hugely successful for the NHL. So that's great. Uh, What he does for the Islanders, if he joins the Islanders, remains to be seen. But I was thinking about this. Uh, Well, anyway, so this this whole bit at list literally lasted, what, 70 seconds? Like it was nothing, right? It was almost like a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It it was built it it was a joke written yeah by by you it really was it <laughs> it, it, it felt like it and and yeah. uh i couldn't believe it when i was listening to it yeah i, I was got just a lot of cracking up cuz i made a joke tweet about it and people were like oh my god this was this was like a real i thought you were a bit kidding this is a real thing I'm like, no this yeah. this was pretty much verbatim what they said so yeah it's it's funny <laughs> i when i was listening to it i was driving in my car and i was driving in oceanside and there was a uh, a like a pickup truck that was pulled over and on fire while I was listening to it. Mm. Um, and I I did call the fire department, so I didn't I just I didn't just ignore it. Mm. And, <laughs> but like you know, I, I pulled over and to like just like make sure uh, everything was alright. It was probably not the smartest thing to do. Now I think about it, cause <sighs> if it exploded, then I was just there. Uh, it was a landscaping truck, so that would have been bad. Uh, but um. I have to I have to think about handling that one better last time. But I but I was listening to this while I was like kind of like just like you know, rubbernecking and I was yeah. cracking up. And now I'm thinking like, man, was somebody just driving by yeah. thinking man, is he, <laughs> just is he laughing, laughing at this this truck on fire? And then if, if, if that person asked me, I'd roll down the window and say, No, it's actually I'm actually laughing because these this these mm. two, you know, hockey nerds that do this podcast that I listen to are you know, they're talking about the Islanders and and uh, it's it's just the most mundane update you wouldn't. And then the person would be like, "Oh man, I would have much rather you just said yes." I was laughing at the truck on fire because that sounds a lot more that sounds a lot much more concerning weird. than yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, my but you know, as I was thinking about it, uh, my and you should all go listen for yourselves. I'll put the link in again. It was on Friday. You gotta so. listen to it. Yeah, it's it's, it's uproariously funny in in a very mundane way, as Mike said. But um. What I was thinking was because he's like his current job is he's left the NHL a while ago. His current job is with the NFL and he's like the some CEO of hospitality and yada, 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 whatever, you know, some kind of cockamamie title. And I was the hospitality thing kind of stuck out to me because I was thinking, OK, I wonder if they're bringing him in so that when this hotel is built, maybe he's going to, you know, kind of make sure that this luxury hotel gets built. If the Islanders aren't going to make a big play for things like. Frozen Four, World Junior, World Cup, all that kind of stuff, you know, and and he would be probably, frankly, the right guy 
to have on your side if you are going to bid for that stuff, which would be kind of neat. They're not going to do any of it without a hotel right outside of UBS Arena, but uh, maybe I was thinking that was probably it. But of course, that's my speculation adding on to Friedrich's speculation because he didn't say anything. He just talked about how they're going to bring in this guy on the business side. And then they went, blah, 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 and then went right back to whatever they were talking the about. The Rangers. The Rangers, of course. Yeah. 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 Which they went uh, on for like 10 minutes about. So <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, it, you couldn't make it up. You, you, you're, you're, you are, you have a, an incredibly unique niche talent with, with the bit that you do on Twitter with these two guys. And I don't, it, you, you probably could have come close to that, but mm. boy, uh, the 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 fact that like they're like okay onto the onto the <laughs> the real New York team now you know, let's sink our teeth into this one and and like they not that I, I would I guess I would be frustrated as a fan if if a lot of that stuff because you know they talk about the the Canucks and the Flyers and mm. every episode for 15, yeah they went on for minutes. fifteen Giants, minutes about Keith Jones and yeah. uh, you know getting the Flyers job yeah and. I think if if I was a fan of a team like that where where they talk like for fifteen minutes and and they just like throw all these kind of non updates around it like the the Rangers one was about Jay Pandolfo and how oh, he's just right, not going to yeah. be the Rangers coach like, <laughs> right oh, <laughs> so yeah you just so, spent like five minutes to tell us oh by the way cross that name off the list that was whereas the like for the part. Islanders it's it's yeah thirty seven seconds and and on to the next non update it was so funny because they at first Fried is like. There's a name I want to bring up called Jay, you know, about Jay Pandolfo. And he went into the whole thing. And I got started. I started getting excited. Oh, my God. Please let Jay Pandolfo coach the Rangers. Oh, my God. This would be fantastic. This would be like be like throwing meat into the shark tank, you know. And then he goes on for five minutes. And then he's like, so I don't think that's going to happen. So you can scratch him off the list. Dude, what? Like, we didn't have him on the list until you put him on the list five minutes ago. And now I'm <laughs> scratching him off the list. Why would I have ever had him on the list? Who was thinking about Jay Pandolfo coaching the Rangers until you said it? I was like, yeah. I was dumbfounded. <laughs> and, yeah, and 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 through all this, they don't, you know, they don't give us anything uh, on the Islanders, and and it comes out. And and I will say also, not you know, now that I think about it, the fact that it got out before, uh, you know, the Islanders made it official themselves, kind of tells me yeah. that maybe the Islanders just aren't going to say anything because, like we said last episode, right. They don't need to say anything. Like Lane Lambert has a contract. Lou is never going to update anybody. So we might not. Maybe we'll hear from him at the draft. Like yeah. they just show up. And be like, yeah, no, I'm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Who do yeah, you think negotiated that three year deal with Lou Lamarillo? Lou yeah. Lamarillo did. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I rewarded myself with a three year extension. Hmm. Uh, and now, yeah, I, I take the question. You know, Neil Best. Uh, his his point about rebuilding is probably off the mark, but uh, it does need. It's a team that needs change, and yeah. it will be, uh, you know, kind of frustrating if if uh, they don't find a way to do that this off season, uh, because you know, as we'll talk about very shortly, the off season has officially begun for me, <laughs> so I can finally look at the cap friendly page and right. Uh, could, oh yeah, because if, if if things went a different direction, I wouldn't even watch hockey next year, and yeah. uh, fortunately, uh, they didn't. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, the uh, the offseason has officially begun. Uh a couple of things real quick before we get into that. Um so yeah, uh Ilya Sorokin, as I mentioned before, is a uh finalist for the Vezina Trophy, as was announced earlier this week. Uh it is him, it is Linus Olmark, who is expected to be the winner, and Connor Hellebuck, who uh bounced back from a 
kind of a mediocre last year to uh, be Connor Hellebuck again. So this is obviously a huge thing for Sorokin. Uh, he set career highs and wins with 31, starts with 60. He was 31, 22, and 7, which is crazy because I remember throughout January talking about how he had like some kind of like 500 record. He was like, I don't know, 12, 12 and something. And being like, this is wrong. This guy's been so good. Uh, his 924 save percentage was third. He had in the league, his uh, goals against was 2.34, which was sixth. And he led the league in shutouts, which is kind of a big deal. So, yeah, obviously, congrats to Ilya. This is fantastic. He's going to be at the uh, NHL Awards show in Nashville on June 26th. So it'll be cool to see him there in all of his uh, adorable awkwardness. Uh, is he expected to win? No. I mean, Linus Olmark was the best goalie playing for the best team in the league. But, you know, not for nothing. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> and I, and hopefully enough people watched Islanders games. I know that's crazy to think, but I'm hoping that enough voters watch at least enough Islanders games this year to be like, damn, that guy's really good. And this team would not have even been in the playoffs had it not been for him, which I guess is also the same argument for Connor Hellebuck. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, you know, I have a little bit of hope that maybe Ilya can pull this off. But, uh, you know, that being said, it, it seems like it's probably all marks to lose. Uh, what what do you think of this when it when it came across? We were just texting back and forth as we always do. Ilya, Ilya, Ilya. Ilya. Yeah. And, and, and we're not allowed a lot yeah. of people. And uh, yeah, I was just really excited. I'm chuffed for him more than anything, and uh, I was happy to see him and him and Alex Romanov playing video games yeah. today together again. And uh, I and I want to say something about that screen grab on TNT. Oh right. And it's probably not going to be what you expect me to say. I'm, I'm, a, I'm of the speculation that the the person who made that graphic is probably a Ranger fan. Yeah. And and was like, you know what? Nobody's going to notice, or I'm not going to get in trouble for this because mm. nobody cares, and it's going to piss off a few Islander fans. And it did. And uh, what it was is they they showed the Vezina finalists, and they put Shesterkin's numbers under Sorokin. Um, and I was thinking, yeah, I could see myself doing that if it was the other way around <laughs> if i had that job and i was and you know, who knows but uh yeah i'm i'm excited for him i think uh you know that one of the things about lamarillo um coming back is that makes me very comforted about sorokin's next contract yeah and it getting done um because yeah, that makes sense yeah yeah lou lou's just done such a a good job of you know, signing these guys, um, whether it's Barzell, Pelic, Pollock, you know, Nelson, Everly, uh, going, going back. Uh, so that is, that is good news. Uh, actually heard, uh, as we'll talk about on, on one of my, my many stops on the Leafs media tour today, <laughs> they were talking about how, Maybe the biggest mistake the Leafs made was keeping or not keeping Lamarillo around long enough to negotiate the contracts for I heard Tavares, that. Marner, Matthews, and mm. uh, Nylander. Um, even though another podcast I was listening to talked about how Lamarillo signed that Tavares contract, <laughs> which is hilarious too in its own way. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think uh, yeah, there's 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 just something so wonderful about Sorokin and uh, I think it's so much of it has to do with the humility of the guy. 
that like it's hard it's hard for humility and just like being humble to to look as like genuine and natural you know so many so many there was so much oxygen spent on when Connor Bedard, like after his World Junior or whatever, was like, "Oh, it's not about me." Like, go interview the rest of the team thing. And, you know, like, everyone's like, "Wow, that was just incredible that like that kid would say something like that." Um, and and there's so many moments like that in in an NHL season where, you know, oh, I just uh, yeah, I don't care that I scored a hat trick. All I care about is you know the win. This is mm. I don't care if how you know how how many goals I score this year. All I care about is winning a Stanley Cup and, and that stuff is just cliche and canned and uh so it, and maybe I'm just a cynic but it's so hard for humility to just look as natural as it does uh for for in professional hockey especially because it's such a uh canned answer circuit right. with Sorokin you're just like this guy you know mm. he's he's a superstar he's maybe the best goalie on the planet and he if you if you saw him walking in roosevelt field and didn't know uh anything about hockey he would just look like you know some 30 mm. year old dude on long island just walking uh <laughs> into i don't know auntie ants or something right. <laughs> like this is this is not it's it's he's so unassuming and then mm. he and then you shoot a puck at him right. and he snaps it out of midair and fireworks go off in your head watching it. Mm. And you're like, that's the same guy that after the game is just going to say like, yeah, I, d- I just want to keep practicing. Mm. It's yeah. so, it's so great. He's like, a and total... I'm excited that he'll, he'll get like a, you know, a, a, a 30 second. I mean, he, he, he definitely got his flowers this year from, from sure. everyone. Oh, yeah, right? definitely. But like, but like now, you know, on the NHL's biggest stage, mm. Jay Moore and the, the Vegas <laughs> or the, wherever the award ceremony is. I think Jay Moore making Jay a joke Moore. about Ilya Sorokin yeah. uh, while they show his montage mm. in front of a packed house that includes like, such luminaries as the guy who's a professional poker player and <laughs> Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Uh, and, and and all those folks. Hey, Keenan Thompson uh, and uh, Kel Mitchell shared a hamburger with uh, Barry Trotz at the uh, awards show a couple of years ago. So they're okay in my book, but, uh, but yeah, no, he, he, de- he definitely, you know, I mean, we talk about the Islanders not getting a lot of credit, but Sorokin did get a lot of attention this year. And hopefully again, he got a little bit more. It'd be nice if uh, people saw him play and, uh, and gave him the vote. So I don't know, we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm not so convinced that there's a little tiny shred of me that, that thinks that Ilya could pull this off. We've seen that before in, in some some of these award show things, but we'll see. But anyway, congrats, Ilya. Uh, I hope this isn't the first uh, the first one of these. And he joins a very small group of Islanders who have gotten Vezina Trophy votes: Smith, Melanson, Rudy, and Leonard. That's it. That's the list. <laughs> so if you think about all the goalies this team has had. That's it. There's four, six guys that have gotten Vezina Trophy votes, and uh, you know now Ilya Sorokin's one of them. So there you go. Kind of cool. Last thing before we take a break and come back and talk Leafs is uh, just want to pass along the condolences to the friends and family of Jerry Hart, who uh, passed away this week. Uh, Hart was uh, an original Islander going back to the earliest days and was a defensive defenseman and was known as a guy who would never back down from a challenge or a fight and was a real leader. Super duper important 
to the team during their their growing times. Uh, didn't wasn't on the cup teams. Unfortunately, he got selected by the Nordiques, I believe, in the expansion draft. But uh, when you read stories about those eras and you talk to guys, Jerry Hart's name is right at the top of the list. He's he's a guy who probably doesn't get nearly as much credit as as he deserves, but uh, a very important formative Islander, and he will be missed by uh, friends and family. Uh, rest in peace, Jerry Hart. And we will take a break, and we'll come back, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna let the Leafs have it. So if you've been waiting for us, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, yeah, we're right there with you. So uh, come back on the other side. Uh, if you would like to hear our podcasts without commercial interruption, make sure to sign up at Patreon.com/slash Islanders Anxiety. You get uh, Islanders Award winners. You, oh, excuse me. You'll get Islanders Anxiety, Weird Islanders, and eventually Islanders Award winners, uh, all ad free. You get also bonus content such as Mike's newsletter my Islanders book club and all kinds of other stuff, our country club atmosphere, non-hockey podcast, our mailbag podcast, and much, much more. So that is patreon.com slash Islanders anxiety. Sign up today. And uh, it's a lot. It's a great time. I try that we do our best to, uh, to make sure that you get your money's worth. So uh, please sign up today. Thanks. And now a word from our favorite sponsors. First is always vintageicehockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more featuring over a hundred classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch. And our portion of those sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. If you spend $50 or more, use the code 4CUPS to get a free The Island coffee mug or pint glass or an Islander's Anxiety puck. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinoproject.com. Please drink responsibly. Fine folks of FOCO have done it again. They have a new bobblehead with both Brian Trottier and Matthew Barzell on them. It's called Then and Now. It is very limited. There's only 72 of these. So if you want one, you'll need to pre-order it today. I'll put the link in the description. And uh, it's a great piece. I actually just received my Anders Lee reverse retro bobblehead from Foco, and it's pretty badass, I got to tell you. So they make great stuff, and uh, if you you know are a bobblehead collector, you really enjoy it. This is the Barzell Trottier Then and Now bobblehead. Very limited, so get to Foco.com and pre-order today. Okay. I mean, you, you all know where we're going. It's like the Leafs have been eliminated in five <laughs> games to the Panthers. Uh if you were on Twitter, it was a party. It was so much fun. We'll talk about the reaction to that too. But I, I mean, I'm just going to give you the floor. Like you, we've been chomping at the bit kind of all day. We made this. We were able to make this work. But I mean, have at it. Like, what was what? What do you? What are you? You're still obviously very giddy over this. But like, oh yeah, you know, try and try and put words into like exactly how how elated and how excited you are that this our long national nightmare is finally over. Uh, yeah, it's a a, a bi national nightmare, right? <laughs> and uh, right. So this is how I found out. Uh, I last time the Leafs were eliminated from the playoffs they when they played the Lightning in that game 7, I drove my car, I put my phone in the trunk, turned the radio on, and I said I'm going to drive pick up dinner from like a place an hour away from my house. So that's what an hour each way. <laughs> and that way by the time I get home Game will be over, uh, one way or another. Hmm. And I'm driving, so I have to focus on the road. Right. And I put my phone in the trunk and just did that. Came home, and there was you know 45 seconds left in the game, uh, and Emily 
spoiled what was happening and then tricked me into thinking <laughs> that the Leafs tied it up and whatever. But it worked that I didn't watch the game. So I said, I'm going to do that again. Uh, this time I didn't drive anywhere, really. Well, I did actually drive somewhere, but uh, I put my phone away. Didn't watch a second of the game. So it was killing me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we were just up watching uh, Always Sunny, and then we were watching Beef. Mm. And I got a text from all of a sudden, like, I... I saw my phone kind of like I turned my phone upside down so I wouldn't know I do that too you know, when yeah. The right, yeah like <laughs> like the right time to pick it up but I could like in the dark room I could kind of see like the light glimmering mm. off of the couch and I was like something I think happened I just had a feeling and I had this pit in my stomach that I was going to open up my phone mm. and it was just going to be you <laughs> and 20 other people in my life saying <laughs> fuck you know yeah. like and it was the exact opposite mm. and i at that point emily was asleep i woke her up to tell her and she said does this mean you're gonna be watching toronto radio all day <laughs> tomorrow and i said yes and then i realized why wait mm. so i went downstairs and flipped on the other tv and i got to work I got to work. I was on Twitter following along. I was watching Leafs Talk. I was watching Steve Dangle. I was watching Leafs <laughs> Digest. I was uh, having just a... I was a goddamn penguin in an, on an iceberg, man. I was having the best time. Um, and my favorite part of this all was last year that the group of uh, people who we all hate and our big reason we hate the Leafs uh, <laughs> were defiant yeah. after the loss and run it back mm. shenanigans. And that kind of, you know, it, it was still fun and funny, uh, but it kind of took away from the grave dancing a little bit that I thought that the reaction was going to be, uh, blow it up. And, you know, this sucks. Mm. Uh, you know, send John Tavares to the KHL kind of stuff. And that didn't happen. Right. Um, and then this year, when they won the round one, I was like, God damn it. Like, no matter, like, if they get, no matter, the only way that this team getting eliminated, uh, or the only way that this becomes hilarious again is if they get swept or, you know, lose a five or something. And I was right. like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and then it did. Right. And my favorite part of all of this is a theme we've spoke about before. When John Tavares scored the game-winning goal against the Florida Panthers mm. and then left the Islanders like a coward, not only did he you know, take his talent away from the team, but that moment, you know, maybe, maybe not for you listening, but for me and Dan, you've, you've said this too, mm. that, moment, that moment just became completely soiled, mm. right? Like, I look back on that that season and I look at those highlights now and I'm like, yeah, but then he left. Yeah. Right? Like the guy who scored that goal left. And you know, maybe that's not the healthiest way to look at that moment. I should just enjoy the fact that they won their first playoff series since nineteen ninety three. Uh but I can't do it because I'm not a big enough person. And I and that anguishes me that that that, that moment got ruined. Yeah. But now this fan base, these annoying people that uh 
we follow on Twitter because we are hypocrites and losers ourselves. <laughs> um, they waited 19 years to win a first-round playoff series. And then they did, and it was John Tavares scoring an overtime winner. And then two weeks later, that moment has been ruined. I don't care what they say. Yeah. They look oh, yeah. back on that now. And they're going to be like, and then what happened? Yeah. No, nobody's talking about that, that yep. goal against the yeah, Lightning. Yeah. Uh, so just that thought to, gave me so much life. <laughs> and then the absolute unhinging. I don't like if this it was almost a. A supernatural phenomenon would happen last night on, on on Twitter. Yeah. It was an unhinging of so many different people and there's so many highlights. But I'll point out to to, to a couple of them for you right now. Mm. Uh Joshua Cloak, writer at the Athletic, mm. wrote this. I don't I, if I was Kyle Dubis, I would call the cops. Yeah. Re, like <laughs> breakdown of a behind the scenes look at the Leafs getting eliminated. And the whole thing was just this like voyeuristic minute by minute of Kyle Dubas's actions. Mm. Like he, he always oh, drinking a coffee. Kyle Dubas is mad. Kyle he Dubas was, is, he was skipping through the pregame or whatever, or he was like floating through. Let me see if I can find it. But it was, it was so silly. I read it to my wife today and she was like, where are you making that up? I'm like, no, that's a real thing. That's I'm literally no, reading that's, this that's, from. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, a New York Times it. employee. Yeah, right. Uh, and and it and it got me thinking. Like, is, there's there's you know I, I made that point about Lamarillo. Is there a GM in sports that looks like him? Oh no. And 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 then I thought, is there a GM or an executive in sports that has their mundane, mm. you know, body language dissected mm. and and like there's a beat writer. That is just assigned to live blogging Kyle Dubas's body language. Yeah, right. So that, he, that that article was among the most bizarre things I've ever read. Here's the passage, and this is exactly how I read it to my wife this morning. Uh, the Hardy here is uh, assistant general manager Ryan Hardy. So here is from Joshua Cloak's uh, article on the, uh, the 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 behind the scenes of the Leafs uh, elimination. Dubas appeared light and buoyant pregame, <laughs> laughing with Hardy. As the anthem kicked in, he stood alone, his back up against the wall, staring at a screen while his associates took their seats. Like, what? Like, we, and, and the both of us, he, my is wife. He, and, is he about to get assassinated by yeah. like John Wilkes Booth? Is that what we're about? Like, what is going on? We, I was like, she's like, that's not real. I'm like, no, that's, she's like, do you make that up? I'm like, no, that's, I'm reading this. Like, we just, we're joking about this right now. And it's, it's like a romance novel. Except without the sex, it's guys playing hockey, basically. And like we both immediately and it's, and it's went not to, this guy. This guy doesn't play hockey. <laughs> right. He's the general manager. And like we both started joking about this episode of the Golden Girls where Blanche wants to be a, a romance novelist and she starts reading a thing out, a, a paragraph of this book. And she's like, you know, her loins were on fire. You know how many times that's happened to me? She said, so we both said that your loins have been on fire. Like that's the kind of stuff that this guy's writing about. The general manager of the Leafs, his loins are on fire. Like what? And, and, and this is a this is not a new thing. Like this is what no. this guy's beat beat has been, and it's not just him either. Uh, there are other writers uh, that right. we'll get into that do it for various outlets, and right. it's become normalized. Like yeah. on Thirty Two Thoughts, uh, when they do their you know Leaf obituary, they're not going to stop and be like, "Hey, by the way, did 
Did you find it weird that Joshua Cloak was like <laughs> writing about the cologne that Kyle Dubas wore to the game right. and stuff? No, it's like they they they're going to talk about Kyle Dubas yelling and yeah, you know, drinking coffee and whatever too because it's been completely normalized and that is not normal. That is yeah. just it's not normal behavior. It's it's very concerning. Yeah, uh, and and adds to you know another stoked of the flame of why we hate this team. <laughs> So that I, I'm, I, I've been going back and forth on, uh, you know, what's been my favorite piece of content too, and mm-hmm. and I think that the more I think about it, th- that one is just a runaway winner, and yeah. and he's like mage at the Kentucky Derby that Joshua Cloak because he did, he kind of he didn't come out of nowhere. We knew he was like mm-hmm. you know he was gearing up for this moment for a long time, and he's been writing these these features all year. It's like right. the Olympics, you know, when everybody gets their sort of like sad, sob story video package. He does that every day. Every day. Every single member of the Leaps. Yeah. And yeah, this was his, his shining moment. He, he mm-hmm. came, so he came from the back of the pack because mm-hmm. we say, we said at the beginning of, uh, or we said it last year, like there's always a new one that kind of comes and, mm-hmm. and takes over. And, and, you know, Chris Johnston had kind of cornered the market during the pandemic right. kind of couple seasons. Then Luke Fox jukebox um, <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of became a yeah. became a legend in his own way. Uh, What's you know. one of the great things about this is it's people are really turning their attention to Luke Fox jukebox and his ridiculousness. I'm going to get to him in a second because oh, I yeah, have one of his articles up. Yeah. So so Joshua Cloak he's standing on the the highest podium with that. Right. Um, and I'm just going written stuff. And then the number uh, uh, a new CJ just dropped <laughs> earlier today and. His first, uh, good God, four paragraphs of, so the Leafs get eliminated. The team he covers gets eliminated from the playoffs. And uh, rather than kind of do what, what a normal sports writer would do, uh, I, I got to read it. And, and I'm sorry if this makes for bad podcasting, but I'm going to read the first few paragraphs of his article on NorthStarBets.ca. Uh, it's on his <laughs> Twitter, too. Um, he, he says it was a moment that rose above the sadness of another missed opportunity. Right there, I st- I stopped myself because I was like, "Oh my god!" I knew I knew what this art who this article was going to end up being about because I clicked the link. But I was like, "Is he about to talk about a Kyle Dubas thing?" Because that's a one a way that it sounded like being set up for that. But I digress. With the Florida Panthers on ice celebration still raging in full force, with the crushing end to another Toronto Maple Leafs playoff run having just been slammed on his shoulders, Austin Matthews could have easily slumped on the bench or looked skyward for answers. He could have been doing anything, really, that might have snatched some brief personal comfort from the clenches of pain. Instead, Matthews skated quickly to the edge of Joseph Wall's crease, stood face-to-face with a man who had been thrown like a Hail Mary into the end zone of all of this of this all-in Leaf season. The first all-in season they've ever had. For sure. It wasn't not like last year or the year before that or the year before that when you guys said <laughs> right. the same shit. And delivered a long, heartfelt message to a teammate who we almost certainly expects to be a full-time NHLer next season. This was a sign of respect and of hope after a three, a third 3-2 loss in five games. And then he says a quote, whatever. Um, this, is, this is the kicker. Viewed broadly at the beginning of a Leafs offseason that carries more intrigue than any we've ever enc- we've encountered in a decade or two, it felt like a sliver of light making it its way through 
the brewing storm cloud. <laughs> when an NHL hockey game ends in overtime, whether it be in the regular season or the playoffs, maybe it's an elimination game, players do two, one of two things. They skate towards the middle of the ice or they skate towards their goalie. And here we are with Chris Johnston setting this up like Austin Matthews was just fighting in the jungles of Vietnam and decided, (laughs) I got to go back and get my brother. We just lost this battle, but I got to make sure I get Joseph Wall out of there. And it was a sliver of light Mm -hmm. in an eliminate. If if there's any Leaf fan out there that thinks that seeing Austin Matthews do an incredibly normal thing... brings them some comfort from being eliminated from the playoffs in this way boy that is yeah that's i mean this this is some also psychotic shit yeah it's it's insane and one of the things i've been seeing throughout this whole after the elimination thing even before was people saying why do people hate the leafs all all they do is lose so what's the point of hating them if they're just going to keep losing yeah they're a team that loses a lot but they get treated like this, like they get treated like they never lose. And so you're, you're being told about all these little nuances and all these little things and everybody gets their own glowing backstory, whether it's at the athletic or sports net or whatever, by this, this group of guys and people that their whole job is to make sure that you and everybody else knows just how great a group of guys this Leafs team is. And it's incessant and it never ends. And no other team in the entire NHL, maybe in all of sport, gets this. I, not to, I haven't, obviously, I'm not like an NBA watcher every single day, but like I was under the impression that the Lakers were one of the worst teams in basketball all year. And now apparently they're in the Western Conference Finals. Like, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. If there's basketball fans out there, I don't know if you can explain it to me. Like, but. I don't remember seeing this kind of stuff about that, which sounds like a pretty crazy thing. Like they've got LeBron James. They've got Anthony Davis, like guys that are big deals here. You get stories like this about Matthew Nyes, who a month ago wasn't even on this team. And we've been getting, we've gotten multiple stories about how, how important he is and, and what a great guy he is and how he's built for this moment and how he's ready for this. What, what are we talking about? Nobody else gets this. Now, after the game, I put out a tweet. I was like you. I didn't watch it. I haven't watched a single moment of Leafs playoffs this entire. And I was mad because I was by myself last night. And I was like, oh, great. The only game on is this Leafs game. Forget it. I'm not even going to watch it. What, what the heck did I end up watching? Uh, oh, I watched Ring of Honor wrestling. Uh, and so I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to have to suck it up. And then, you know, when they tied it, when the Leafs tied it, I was mad because everybody on my timeline was clowning them. And it was, they were only down 2-1. It's like, have you never seen a hockey game before? One shot changes the entire game and needless to say they scored William Nylander one of the only two guys who showed up and there's all these playoffs for them tied the game but then it was Nick Cousins in overtime uh after uh Ratko Gudis held some guy's stick apparently the ref you know uh, uh anger was was high but in any event oh yeah it's so yeah it's the, yeah, the it's unhinging as I've said it's, yeah, it's exactly. carried on to today like people are Definitely. are still talking about like right. the, the game ended yeah 24 hours ago and, yeah. and we're still talking about a missed Right. Like interference call or something? Well, it was uh, no, it was a callback goal in the second period. Oh yeah, yeah, that. Well, yeah, and right. and so I've watched that a million times, and and I've heard right. a couple of Leafs people be like, it, it, 
that is the right call. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Like right. to hear people say that is, you know, a little, it's a little startling, but yeah, right. uh, yeah. that, that uh, was definitely a big part of the unhinging yeah. as well. And then um, the, the goodest, yeah, held stick. Um, but so after the game was over, I put out a tweet saying that this, this is in one of the most greatest upsets in the history of the NHL playoffs, a team with zero riders, the athletic has eliminated a team with eight, you know? And like, if you're watching this, this whole time, you, like you understand that this is exactly how it is. The Panthers have no beat writers. They had a good one in George Richards. Who's been covering the team forever. They let him go. And the Leafs keep getting more and more all the time. And Joshua Cloak is one, of course, James Myrtle, the man who's blocked pretty much all of us on Twitter is the, the head of that table. But then you've got Dom, of course, who only ever writes about the Leafs, Pierre Lebrun, who's half of everything. He, I'm counting him because he pretty much <laughs> writes about the Leafs all the time. Some guy named Kevin Pipetti, whose only job is to write the post-game re- report cards. No other team at the Athletic has report cards. They are the only one who gets them after every game. And the best part about these report cards, and of course, Sean McIndoe, who was on uh, Weird Islanders, he definitely is considered a Leafs guy. And, th- and there's more. And it's just like this one team controls over a quarter or at least a third of all the hockey coverage on this one website. And I'm somehow supposed to be okay with them getting all this and still losing all the time. <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be okay with this. By the way, uh, the report. So now there's another report card. There's a second report card article. They had a report card after the game and now a second round report card written by Josh Cloak, of course. Oh, and nobody so gets good. a failing grade. Nobody yeah. gets a failing grade. Everybody's the headline. You, know, you got to read the headline. Yeah. Please read good. it out loud. The, it's Maple Leafs get their round two report cards. Oh, that's lovely. Good, but not great efforts all around. Yeah, you guys were good, but not great. So you lost in five games. You, to lost the eighth in, you went down three nothing. After you exercised yeah. your demons, yeah. you, you, you had all of us by the cojones. Yeah. Like you had the right. entire, there was, there was a great little back and forth between some illuminating people. Uh, Twitter today. Uh, the previous mentioned Dom. The previous aforementioned uh, Sean McIntyre. Down goes Brown and Rachel Dory, uh, lamenting how it, you know it's it's really weird to see all these uh, people who who have nothing better to do with their lives than dance on the Leafs' graves, like <laughs> do, doing it basically, right? right? And then Dom said, "This is their Super Bowl, and uh, hell yeah, it is. Mm. Like I feel like Bill Parcells being carried around." <laughs> giant stadium on the shoulders of lawrence taylor and carson and whatever and 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 i will this parade yes i I am soaked in the gatorade (laughs) right now Uh, and what they fail to realize here is Mm. look we we were always we will always hate this team uh, for a lot of different reasons whether it's darcy tucker Mm. whether it's Tavares. Whether whatever whatever it is, like there was always and the the media footprint, but there's one of the biggest reasons why everybody despises this team outside of that bubble is because of you people, <laughs> right? Like you are the reason why these people are celebrating, like Radko Gudis shouting in Joseph Wall's face, 
right? Like that is all of us. By the way, I feel like that was just a weird camera angle. I think he was just like, yeah. And like, it looked like he was shouting. in I'm I'm running with it though. Okay. That's that's, that's that's how I feel right now into their face. And I mean, I I don't like uh, defending Radko Gudis, obviously, (laughs) but I do feel like there might've been some camera (laughs) angle trickery here, but go ahead. You'll be, go might be my guest. He, uh, but it like, that's what it feels like. And, and it feels good to be able to do that because uh, the the way that these people act is so mm. devoid of self-awareness mm. yes. that it becomes, I almost take it personally. Mm. You know, they complain yeah. about growing the game and gatekeepers and like, you're the people that just make people feel like idiots because they like Jack right. Johnson more than Kale yeah. McCarr. Like, who right. cares? Well, then you being... treat every other team as if they somehow don't matter. Right. That's the thing, too. Like, this has been my whole problem this entire time. We matter. Islanders fans matter. There's 31 other teams out there that matter. Their fans matter. They they care about their team. They bleed for their team just as much as these guys bleed blue and white for theirs. But it doesn't matter. Like, to them, we don't matter. And then I love the 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 counter argument that's like, well, you know, the the Leafs are the biggest team in the biggest market, so they they drive all the clicks. Like, they're, you know, they're the ones who get all their stuff gets read more than anybody else's stuff. Okay, here's my counter argument to that. Fuck you. I want to know about my team. <laughs> like that's, that's the counter argument. Okay, good. Good for you. So who cares? Oh my the, God. The, you can find that stuff anywhere. I want to know about my team. And, that, and this is coming from a person whose team allegedly, ostensibly, has a writer at The Athletic. Who, <laughs> I don't know where he was today with this whole Lou thing. I guess it wasn't much of anything, but still. But like. Where's he been? I don't know. Like we have, a, we have a guy who writes for us. We're not Panthers fans. We're not Devils fans. We're not whoever else that doesn't have anybody that's writing for, about them. And like, but it doesn't like none of this stuff matters in the face of the Leafs fans because they don't care. And so, you know, when, when we're listening, you know, 32 thoughts, we, we rag on them all the time, but like the reality is that's probably the best, you know, most newsy, and informative hockey podcast out there. Don't talk to me about spitting chicklets because I'm not going to listen to it. I'll get to Biz Nasty in a second. But, like, you know, the fact that, like, they when they give us a crumb of Islanders stuff and it's 70 seconds of a, some business guy maybe being hired because of whatever, like, that's all we get. But, you know, we got to listen to the Matthew Nye story every week for six weeks. Like, what are we talking about here? So, like, I don't care how many clicks they get. I don't care how much engagement they drive or or whatever. I want to know about my team. I'm I am just as valid a fan as any other Leafs fan out there. And it's not just us, you know? If I'm a Panthers fan, I don't even know how I feel right now because my, my team won. My team's in the Eastern Conference Finals, but, like, where is the Panthers coverage? I guess it's at, you know, Florida Hockey Now or something like that, but, like, where is the main Florida Panthers coverage? I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it anymore. And that's, that's a shame. That really sucks. Like, we went through this too, right? Like, we would hear, you know, <laughs> both those through both of those playoff runs, how many times were the Islanders even mentioned on 32 Thoughts? Yep. Maybe a handful, like four or five times maybe? And and the, the mentioning was always like, well, you know, you know how they do what they do. Yeah, they did it. <laughs> okay, th- that's it? That's all we got? They did what they do? Okay, thanks. So, and then obviously they were very hated too, but the the comments under the latest, um, at The Athletic, the latest uh, new, uh, uh, grades article is great because the only guy to get a almost failing grade is John Tavares who got a D plus uh, basically just saying he, he, you know, wasn't what didn't give enough. They needed more from stars like Tavares and didn't get the kind of production that might've shifted the series in the least favor. You think 
But then the comments underneath it are like the first one up here is so we they so we get knocked out in five and no one gets a failing grade. LOL. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the guy right below him is like basically Josh Cloak is basically leaves PR and it just goes on and on like this. You know, give give Matthews and Marner an F F minus. Somebody was like, it just yep. you know. So I think they mostly get it. But oh, here's a good one too. Oh, so then Matthews did Matthews did dress for the series against Florida. Oh, okay, my bad. Like <laughs> that's the kind of series the guy had. He had no points, no points. All the the four of them had what two goals, and I think Nylander had one. Obviously, the big one, the tying one, and then Marner had one. That was it. I, I can't believe we're talking about this. Like I know uh, because when when they beat the Lightning, and the guy who scored the goal to do yeah. it, I I thought like a a really kind of nice part of being a hockey fan was gone forever yeah. and it's back I forgot he, he had a hat trick in that series too don't forget so yeah. and good and now you know credit to him he did play play well in that series but and and yeah and, and it's back now and and, and yeah. i can't i just i it's unfathomable yeah. to me that right. we're in the spot yeah. uh, talking about this team dancing on this grave yeah uh reading josh cloak writing all, <laughs> you know fan fiction about if the least won right he's yeah so he he's like by far the runaway he is the uh he, he's the big dog as far yes. as this goes but the second he, one and i was talking about him before is luke fox jukebox yes who's, who's let's got a get new into thing luke up. fox jukebox please he's got 42 stray thoughts on the <laughs> leafs and every single one of them is the most fawning like optimistic hey man you'll get him next time thought you could possibly come up with and it's just like guys really how can you do this all the time I just don't, I don't, I had one thing here that was just really, really great. Oh, I feel for Keefe, especially. He ate, slept, and breathed Leafs, constantly brainstorming for every edge. His postseason failures were not for a lack of trying. When you contrast his line matching and deployment tweaking style to the more consistent rollouts of opponents John Cooper and Paul Maurice, you wonder if less can be more. Well, that's lovely. That's great. I'm sure. I'm sure Sheldon Keefe yeah. is like, boy, I, I, I what are we gonna do next year? Well, let me consult Luke Fox Jukebox for some <laughs> uh, some coaching advice. Okay. He had a he had an incredible tweet before Game Four, uh, where he he said, walking around Florida. Oh yeah. <laughs> doing a radio walking around Florida. Florida yeah. is a state. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, the fifth biggest state in the union, right? Something like that. Walking around Florida, doing a radio hit, saying into my phone how things look dire for Toronto. Car pulls up, windows down. A perfect stranger who must have overheard yells, shut your mouth, Maple Leafs in seven. Woo! Bless this traveling, passionate nation. That didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) That did not happen. You completely made that up. You made it up. And guess what? Now it doesn't get to be a part of your book. I, mm. This, you know, what's the great thing about this? Mm. I can guarantee you, even if they lost this series respectably, uh, and not just like handshake line respectable, but like you know, if they right. they lost in seven, right, or they made it to the next round, God forbid. Joshua Cloak, I'm sure, like the, all the writers of the Athletic would probably collaborate on a book mm. called like Slaying the Demons. Oh yeah, Luke, Luke Fox Jukebox. He'd have his own book. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, they would all have different books. Yeah, yeah. one thousand stray thoughts on sure. Maple Leafs <laughs> ending the curse. Chris Johnston would yeah. his would read like a, a romantic novel uh, as you know about this, and 
all of them just got ruined. Yeah. They all they all just threw out thousands and thousands of words uh that are now just in on the cutting room floor about this team and like look, you and I are talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs for 40 minutes now on a Saturday night, a beautiful Saturday night. <laughs> so like this right. I, it's not lost on me you know that we're we're the losers too like <laughs> like i i am fully aware that and, and not only am i doing it like i would have canceled plans to do this like right. i i was geeking to do this i wanted Dude, I was, tomorrow like, is mother's day tomorrow is mother's, mother's day, day. <laughs> and i was thinking like, like last night i was like i texted you i was like should i just should we just record now like mm. and i'm glad we didn't because so much is coming you know so much could right. these these absolute gems have come out since uh that uh, we couldn't get to them all mm-hmm. um so uh yeah so I'm, it's not lost on me but that is how insufferable yeah this fan base and it is a fan base it's it is not a fan base and it because the people in the media are just the biggest fan like they are the fans with the biggest microphones that, that there's that tweet from uh the sense twitter guy who says like the maple leafs lead the nhl yeah. in 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 uh <laughs> fans who or beat writers who high five in the press box and, and say like I, actually i'm a fan or whatever it is it's I, i'm it's, butchering it but I, I'll, I'll read it it's because it's one of my favorite tweets ever and it's by bonks mullet and it says the leafs l- definitely lead the nhl by a mile in uh actually i'm not an objective i'm actually i'm not a fan i'm actually an unba- unbiased reporter that watches only this team and high fives my friends when they score accounts like that's that's <laughs> nothing has ever been more true than that like that is one hundred percent the way this team is covered they're fans they're but they purport to be not fans and they're only covering the team uh that they watch that's it they don't cover any other teams this is why like the the whole Florida thing is crazy because they're like you know I can't believe this team from Florida has the gall to like beat the Leafs guys, you know, they've been here the whole time. Like it's just, it, it's crazy. And then, so speaking of, of insufferable, one of uh, Luke Fox's things here is I genuinely feel bad for Maple Leafs fans. They deserve better. And underneath it is a tweet, of course, from Steve Dank. Now <laughs> I'm going to, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've enjoyed any of this man's work. I became very familiar with it during the Tavares free agency encyclopedia days. I don't like what he does. I don't find him entertaining or enjoyable in any way, shape or form. I hear people all the time like, oh, you know, he's not just all about the leaves. I, I don't care. I, I don't care. All right. I'm sure. And he's got, you know, the podcast. Yeah, they've said some nice things about the Islanders. I don't care. I don't care about this guy's opinions about the Islanders, Leafs or any other team. OK, am I a little bit jealous that he took kind of what we do and turned it into a pretty good career at Sportsnet and his own podcast network, not just the podcast? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I still am not a fan. Okay, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a fan. But after game three, uh, a bunch of clips started circulating and I, you know, clicked on them to try and watch them. And I made it about 10 seconds in when I had to stop and turn them off. And I may not be a fan of this guy, but I damn sure know when someone is acting. And what I saw in those clips was a man who may very well have been very upset about his team, but certainly came off as a guy acting like a guy who's extremely insanely mad that his team lost a playoff game. 
Like I didn't buy for once. Like he's he's like going from like zero to laughing, but it's like this fake laugh. And I'm like, what is this? Like he's trying to win an Oscar for playing the Joker here. He's like Joaquin Phoenix. Like he's trying to you know gin up this kind of crazy. I I just I couldn't believe that this is what was going on. This is the guy people feel bad for. I just I to me it seems like a guy who if he's not acting then he really should stop doing this because it feels like <laughs> he's he's one of two things. Either he's pretending to be this mad because this is what his listenership and watchers and viewers demand he do, or he's literally this mad and it's coming off as maybe he's having a psychotic break. Like I just, <laughs> it's not enjoyable to me. I don't care again what his opinions are for other teams. I just, I don't care. Um, but it, I was really, really sad. And then the the other most visible Leafs fan on TV has been Paul Bissonnette, who's been cheering for them outwardly every game on TNT. I just watch the TNT thing on on mute because I don't want to hear it, <laughs> and, and I'm too lazy to change the channel sometimes because I watch on the on the computer. And now we don't have to hear this anymore. But like, it's just so I just I can't take it. And again, this is a thing only we have to deal with. What, this is, you know, I, are, are Charles Barkley and Shaq like openly cheering for the Lakers and I don't know, Sixers or something. I don't know. Maybe they are, but at least if they're doing it, they're doing it in a fun way and they're getting like zinged and ribbed by the other guys. And I just, I don't know. And the fact that, that he openly hates the Islanders, the fact that PK Subban and Ryan Callahan and whoever else were making fun of the Islanders on ESPN. Again, I, we've been over this and I want to rehash it, but it's just like, why do we have to deal with this? Why are we the only fan base that has to deal with this? And why does it always come back to the Leafs, right? Like it always ends up being about them and, and dealing with them. And I just, it's not cool. <laughs> it's not, I'm just tired of being, you know, made fun of by a group that has been much less successful than our group is, even though we all root the same amount and bleed the same amount and think the same amount about our teams. Like it shouldn't be this way, but it is, unfortunately. And I just, I can't take it. I really don't. I'm it's, just so sick of these people. I can't even tell you. Yeah. you, you, you it's it's sickening and then we get a night a couple nights like this and and it feels so much better because you're like i going back to that point why does it, you know why are these people so obsessed with the leaves dancing yeah. on our graves like get a life like yeah our life is the nhl and we just have to put up with your bullshit right for thing. six months seven <laughs> months and Right. Had to, had to, you know, even more than that. It's basically been 12 months because it's been run it back Palooza. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so we, we, we put up with it mm-hmm. and we do it because we get it. Maybe there's a chance that this is, is going to fly if, back. If you want to be a hockey fan and you want to take in as much information as you can, you are stuck learning about the Leafs almost 24 7. That's the reality. <laughs> that's no, that, that's exactly yeah, no, what it's, you're it's true. It is, yeah. it's 100% true. And, Nobody yeah. else gets this. I don't yeah. have to, you know, I don't. Do we hear about Dallas Stars prospects nearly as much as we hear about no. Leafs prospects? No, yeah, you know? like we, it, it would, it, Jim Nill would call the cops on somebody right. if they wrote <laughs> about his, you know, a, a right. bathroom break for Jim Nill in the first intermission. Yeah. Yeah. Took about 47 seconds. Jason Spezza stayed behind, maybe because he didn't drink as, <laughs> d- didn't drink as much coffee in. During the first period, as that's Dubas right. did, uh, yeah, the Dangle thing though. So I probably watch seven episodes of his a year, mm. and they're very easy to guess which ones I watch. <laughs> you know that the, the oh the Leafs traded for Matt Murray, sign mm. me up. 
Yeah. yeah the, the Leafs are starting the season slowly. I'll be watching that one. Right. Uh, they got they 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 fell behind three nothing and you know what so when the Leafs went down three nothing to the Panthers actually mm. I started to watch that one and I turned it off because I was like I'm not mm. Steve Steve Kip uh, Nick Kiprio said on his thing like we can't you can't write an obituary yet everyone was writing obituaries for this team and I think there was just <laughs> yes. a, an absolute hail mary shot from the this in, insane media conglomerate. Mm. To, to to pull the reverse jinx, yeah. You know, there's a group text between Luke Fox Jukebox and Myrtle and CJ. <laughs> we can't let these guys go down. We gotta, yeah. You know, you write the you write this one. I'll write that one. We'll reverse jinx them back to, and then it worked for Game Four. Uh, hmm. Um, so I was very careful with kind of how I, you know, soaked it in, and uh, but I, I for sure watched that entire one after they got eliminated. Hmm. And I'm 100% with you. I think he's like, yes, of course. Like everybody, a lot of people would say like he, he's, uh, you know, got, he's worked himself into quite a, a career and mm. it would be nice to do the same thing, of course, for the, for, for this team. But the fact that he's painted by, well, he works for sports and that's what makes sense. Right. Like, yes, like right. this, like he is the face of this fan fan base. Right. Must drive so many Leaf fans. Oh yeah, up a wall. He's um, definitely not like liked by a hundred percent of the Leafs fan base. Let's no, he's that. he's liked by he's liked by uh, you know like Kevin Bukakis, Scott, <laughs> whatever his name is, and and every and Luke Fox jukebox and right. You know he's he he he's uh, that's it. And uh, mm. this uh, there was actually an article about him. Yeah, that one of the other Leafs beat writers, another one yeah. who just came out of thin air. Uh, who well, has yeah. a hyphenated last name? Sean uh, Fitzgerald. He's right, the yes. Leafs. He's the Toronto media guy. So they have a specific guy to talk about Leafs media at the Athletic, which again, no so other outrageous. team gets. <laughs> no, no, that's like some like political party shit. Like, oh, we need to hire an internal <laughs> guy to like be right. write about us, yeah. our media guys, right? Uh, Jesus. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that happened. But yeah, I I I I watched and loved every second of it because th- there's nothing I like more than listening to these guys talk about John Tavares. Mm. And the fact that his contract and that his tenure is now mm. his situation is almost untenable there. Yeah. Like there's a very good chance that this goes very south for him. Yeah. In that fan base. And he's won one playoff series in six, five season, six, whatever. It's, we're going to be on six season, six of seven next yeah. year. So in five, he's won one playoff series and he's played with Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley for all of them. Mm. Brock Nelson's won five. Yeah. Since Tavares left and he's played with Leo Komarov. <laughs> like like this is this is this is very the fact that nobody will this is the the crazy thing right like they have all this media Mm. and nobody will say out loud yeah holy shit this is one of the most disappointing Mm. eras in nhl history if you just take it at face value Mm. here is a team that has an mvp 
perhaps the best winger in the league, one of the best wingers in the league. Uh, number one draft pick for, that they got for free from another team. They've got uh, you know, Morgan Riley. They've got William, an, an, another top ten winger in, in William Nylander. And they've won one playoff series mm. in this this group's era, and they've played together for se- seven years or so, five to seven years, depending on on who you're throwing in there. I think it's seven, but to, with Tavares, Tavares it's is five, basically. Yeah. Like if you just wrote out that, and you're like, this is a, this is a huge disappointment. Hmm. Uh, you'd be right. Like, yeah. But none of them, none of them will like can even say it because they paint it. As yeah. if they're this is like some monumental project that they've been working on, yeah, to save humanity. Yeah, uh, they've got to find the sliver of light in the darkness, or yes. whatever it was that CJ wrote. But you know, you're right. You're yeah. right. This is this is it, like does was does anybody want to say that getting to Game Seven against Tampa last year, like that was a crowning achievement, and now yeah. this year winning a round and then mm-hmm. losing in five to the eight seed, yeah, like th- I mean. This is this is a monumental failure, yeah. a monumental one. If it was the Islanders, like oh, the yeah. Islanders had this core, and do you know how? Like, I I would be so pissed at at myself for like stringing myself along, but also at the the, the people that are writing about it, being like, "Hey, who's gonna tell Gar Snow to like get his act together? Like, yeah. is can somebody like write something that maybe these guys?" Uh, this this like this is not going well. Like this this has not gone well. This is this is not some some grand experiment that is has worked. This is a yeah. a guy who was handed one of the most talented rosters in the league. Yeah, and then of course made his shrewd moves, and they didn't work. Right, and nobody says that. Like that's why we're mad because this team isn't. Who you 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 guys would tear up the, the fucking Vancouver Canucks get ta- torn apart to shreds <laughs> right. every year, mm. like up and down. And then, but over here in Toronto, all's well. We've just mm. won one playoff series since two thousand four, yeah. right. despite having more money than anybody, despite <laughs> having this incredible roster that they they we, they didn't have to give anything up for any of these guys either. The, right. They, there was a number one draft pick. There was like a number four draft pick. Nylander was eight, maybe. Morgan Riley was a top ten draft pick. Tavares, they didn't have to give anything up to get him besides cap space. Right. Well, they had to make a video. Right. That, that yeah, they had to, they had to, had to make a video. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they, they've won one playoff series. Like, this yeah. is... Nobody is writing that this is a monumental disaster. Like they they just wasted everybody's time. Like this is a, the, the this is one of the this team is a Stanley Cup favorite by the bookmakers, mm. four years in a row. One of the top three or four teams on on the betting board, mm. and they've uh, won one playoff series. And nobody's just going to say the thing that is true mm. that this is a g- gigantic failure to this point. Well, instead but- we get instead <laughs> instead we get. B minuses and A plus and A minuses for everybody. Like this is insane. Right. Well, uh, in his uh, forty-two thoughts here, Luke Fox Jukebox does say, uh, "Dubas and head coach Sheldon Keefe are incredibly smart and hardworking professionals." This was also their first tour at the top level. They were handed the keys to a Ferrari and immediately asked to win the race. No doubt, they will learn from this experience and be better for it. 
Oh, well, that's just great. This has all been a big learning experience for both of these guys. The five years they had to win a Stanley Cup and they won one whole playoff round. But yeah, no, you're you're right. And actually, I'll I'll even go further than you are because I I was thinking about something that you said on this podcast a while back. I forget when, but like this is a monumental failure. Again, this is the team that was most people, most bookmakers, and obviously most models uh, selected <laughs> to play to to win the cup. But like you go back two years, this team had an entire division designed in to only allow them to win it this was a canadian only division where you had one really good team and everybody else <laughs> you know no offense to the oilers who were pretty good and the flames who were pretty good and the other guys who were all kind of junk that was that division was literally designed in fact the whole league was almost designed to give the leafs a free pass into at least the second round if not the conference finals and maybe the Stanley Cup finals. And not only did they lose in the first round, they blew a 3-1 lead <laughs> to to in that series. That is a almost a bigger monumental failure uh over this, but they're both clearly monumental failures. But yeah, nobody's going to say anything cuz they're yeah. all too close, they're all too tight. They don't want to say it. And then the what the funny thing is, the people that will say it are the Damian Coxes Right. Steve yeah, Simmons like- <laughs> is like, you know, the Dave Fetchicks, these other guys. And by the way, I hate that I know who these people are, but again, the way it goes, <laughs> they're going to write this stuff. And then immediately the response is going to be, oh, these old guys don't know anything. These dinosaurs. Right. These dinosaurs. dinosaurs. What are they talking yeah. about? They don't, what do they know? They don't know anything. So it's a, the cycle is just going to perpetuate itself all over again. That's the yeah. thing. And like, and I know, and we'll talk about Tavares in a second. We'll end with him. But like, I, I just, cause I don't want to forget this. The, and I know nobody wants to hear this, and I don't want to agree with Simmons and Cox and those guys either. But there, there is something I think to this. And there's there's a tweet that goes around where there's like two guys on a, on a train, and one guy's like sad looking one direction, and one guy's happy looking the other direction. And the sad guy is like, you know, stats, analytics, data, and then the other guy is looking out the window, and he's very excited, and he's like, he's got that dog in him, you know, D A W G. He's got that dog in him, that the player. The problem with this Leafs team, and nobody wants to hear it, and again, nobody you're not going to hear it from any of the usual guys, this team's got no dog in them. They got no dog. <laughs> like, they they try to airdrop these guys in, Wayne Simmons, Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen. They try and take these other guys from other teams that have had some kind of fight and shown some kind of fight, and they put them on this Leafs team, and then they disappear. This team's got no dog in them. And I was literally just watching the Kraken Stars game, Kraken won. And I was watching with my wife and Jordan Eberle scored. And I'm like, that's the last guy in the playoffs I'm rooting for is Islanders legend, Jordan Eberle. And I was thinking to myself, is Jordan Eberle as talented as Marner's Matthew Nylander? No, Tavares. No, really not. Frankly, no. But man, when the playoffs start, Jordan Eberle's got that dog in him, man. We've seen it, right? Like he's got it. He's not going to give up until he scores goals. He does in the playoffs all the time, even though he may have gone 20 games in the regular season without scoring a goal. He's got that dog in him. Who on the Leafs has that dog in them? Nobody. You know? Nobody. And you, and that, you, that's the thing. It's just that's, that's how it works. And because when they – you know it's true because when they do show a little bit of fight, yeah, it, it's a parade. Like when they, make they, that guy they were the down- captain. Make, make Morgan Riley the captain is what I've been keeping, <laughs> keeping hearing. Uh, yeah. They, they were down 3 nothing, and yeah. they won 2-1 in a coin flip game that they right. played well. And, and all you heard about was how gutsy it was. Gutsy. 
yeah. do that again. Right. If they just do that again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. do, does anybody, has anybody watched this team? Like, yeah. do that again? You think that they have that in them again? Come on, man. Like, if they like, had that in them, they wouldn't have been down 3 nothing. Yeah. Right. Oh, that was an incredible quote from. I mean, the Sheldon Keith quotes today were just. Right. Yeah. You know, the guy, you, you almost feel for him a little bit. That's mm. not true. That's not true at all, actually. Um, but the, the the handshake line, uh, of course, from last year. No, but then yeah, this year, he, 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 he's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. we lost that series of the first three games. Mm. You mean th- when you went down 3 nothing? No shit, buddy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, the Islanders lost their series when they went down 3-1 too. Like we we I This isn't some this, this is like the, every every writer then took that quote and was like, you know, Sheldon Keefe, you know, pointed something out that was pretty true that they probably should have not gone down 3 nothing. Mm. But you can't really blame them for that, can you? A couple yeah. bad bounces. Yeah. I'm sure the refs made, missed a ton of calls. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll spend some time Zapruder filming everything. We got bobbed. We got bobbed. The goalie yeah, we bobbed. Got bobbed once. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? And, and to be fair, they didn't show up in Game Three. You mean the <laughs> game where they were down two nothing, where they didn't? You can't <laughs> fall down three nothing because only four right. teams have ever come back from that in NHL. So, yeah. But Game Four was gutsy. Yeah. And boy, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 been great. And let's get to Tavares because. Yeah, so the tide has turned. Um, the knives are out, and people want the captain gone. He's making $11 million for this year and next year. Now, all of a sudden, the contract was a disaster. Ruined the team. Was a huge mistake. Dubas should never have signed it. I saw one tweet, move heaven and earth to get John Tavares off of this team. It's all <laughs> extremely delicious. I want to eat all of it up. And... It's- I you you started this we started this whole thing you talking about looking at cap friendly now that the uh the off season is officially upon us and uh yeah I was on there before and you know what the Detroit Red Wings have an awful lot of cap space and they could probably use a little bit of veteran leadership in the form of uh a center who's not very good at center anymore and uh they could maybe even get another first round pick out of it they've got two they've got three second round picks the Leafs have none and they could also use a goalie named Matt Murray, who's also got a couple of years left on an untenable deal. So how about packaging Tavares and Murray and maybe a first round pick to the uh, Red Wings? And then you get a couple of second rounders back. It's a little lopsided. Yeah, throw sure. Throw in a player. I don't know. Throw Andrew Kopp in there. Who cares? What does what difference does it make? Anybody, somebody, some warm body and make it work. And uh, Toronto's not far from Detroit. And so what if Tavares has three kids? Who cares? Like, <laughs> he's got to waive his no trade, no movement clause, of course. And I don't expect any of this to actually happen. But uh, people don't want this guy in their team anymore, which is uh, quite a bit different from their feeling uh, from that they had about him on July 1st, 2018, <laughs> which you and I and most people listening to this remember very, very Yeah, we're, well. we're coming up on five years. That's right. That Man, day. You know, I think it, it you know almost makes sense for us to to kind of just go back, listen to that episode, and and do almost a you know five years later thing because I I remember so viscerally where I was recording that episode, mm. what what it looked like outside that day, what the my apartment looked like while I was yelling at my computer and and basically crying about this guy, mm. later to be turned into a one man off broadway play called islander <laughs> which Seriously. is still just absolutely bizarre to think about yeah. um 
that if there was, I don't know, if a ghost from the future, Leo looked like Leo Komarov, maybe, <laughs> sat down next to me and just put his arm around me and just said, I'm going to tell you this. It sucks right now. But there is a chance that this, this is just going to all be, you're going to almost be happy mm. that this happened. And I would say, fuck you. I'm really upset. Like, get away from me. Mm. Um, and th- then, you know, five years later, Leo, ghost Leo would be right. Because <laughs> not that it's over, of course. Like, we still got some right. work to do. Oh yeah, I don't uh, actually expect him to be traded or anything. No, 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 not at all. And and I still, but but there was always this chance that by this part of his contract, mm. uh, he would become a a problem. Yeah. And on that day, July first, this day seems so far away and seems so unfathomable to get to because they had an incredible team, like. Yeah. On paper, this team was so good, and for it to not work out, for John Tavares' move to Toronto to not work out, would mean that it would have to be an unmitigated disaster Mm. for this team to not win a cup or get close to doing so and trend in the direction of one at least. It almost felt like a 99% chance that I was going to have to if if you ask me that day, like a ninety nine percent chance that I was gonna have to watch this guy break the Maple Leafs drought, right? And not just on some video that they produce for him. Like, <laughs> like right. I was gonna have to watch this guy get handed the Stanley Cup from mm. from Gary Bettman, uh, and I would have. I and and I knew it almost felt like it was looming. Like I was just kind of walking down a, the Green Mile towards that moment, right? Uh. And now I look back and I'm like, we almost, we're, we're almost through this. Like, yeah. I can't believe it. Mm. And this fan base, which still boos him. And I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> I am so proud that this fan base just right. still sinks its teeth into him. Mm. Next season, when he shows up to the game, whether he's playing for the Red Wings or the Maple Leafs or whoever. Like he's gonna get booed, and the the discussion is gonna come out again. Yeah, and it's but it's gonna feel different because, mm-hmm. like, we're on the other side of the mountain now. It feels like, right? And and he's gonna be he's not he's not gonna be portrayed as, you know, Johnny Toronto. He's gonna be portrayed as Johnny eleven million dollar kind of <laughs> contract al- albatross, right? Like, right. Yeah. so you're not gonna hear people being like, oh man, like that's our guy. You can't boo him. They're gonna be like, yeah, fuck that guy. We hate him too over here because he's, <laughs> he's using up all our cap space. I'm booing him too. Yeah. So right. yeah, um, it, it, this is something that we've been waiting for as mm-hmm. a fan base, I think since that day. And no, I don't think anybody thought it was coming and we're almost there. Mm. And I, truly can't believe it and and as a fan you like sure you want your team to win the stanley cup but there's all other victories and kind of battles you need to win along the way and mm. this one felt a little bit like the chances of those poor bastards in the alamo or something mm. you know here's the small islander fan base just defending what they can and 
the Leafs mm. are just surrounding us with, and and our guy is Benedict Arnold us, <laughs> and 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 it looks like we're gonna lose, but mm. all, all hope is lost. And say, but then we fight back, and now here we are. Uh, ah, yeah. and you should absolutely enjoy that. Yeah. Like pe- if people think that you're being petty or immature, or whatever. You are because you're a sports <laughs> fan, and right. you should. I don't care how much you enjoy it. You should if you if you want to enjoy it off the charts and whatever. Like you, you should soak this up right now because, uh, we it was not fair what what we were put through leading up yeah. to that moment, yeah. and, and now something we get to do something that. Long Islanders are so good at it, just just preparing to tell people to go shove it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and just you know, well, I, I, one thing I think that'd be kind of funny that would definitely get Leafs fans to boom. I don't know if anybody remembers. I don't. Maybe you remember the whole Matt Sundin, Matt Sundin, yep, where he refused to waive his new trade clause so that they could move him. They had a deal, I think, set with maybe Vancouver, where he ended up playing his final year, but like they were all set to move him and. He didn't want to be moved. And so Maple Leafs fans started booing their captain because like he could have been traded. He was still good. They could have gotten a package for him and he just didn't want it. Somehow when, you know, the word, somehow the effect that Tavares didn't want to be traded from the Islanders never really made it quite as uh, famously around as that incident did. But uh, that would be kind of funny if like word got out that he, he didn't want to move his, you know, wave his no trade clause and, and uh, they they boom. Uh, Cause I mean, really, the other thing too that's looming for the Leafs is that they're going to have to sign Austin Matthews, and part of that, that Chris Johnson article you mentioned before was that it, it was like it would be a nightmare scenario for the Leafs to get to July first and not have Matthews' name on an extension, and that would make next year would be a complete circus. Gee, you think? Where have we seen that before? You know, I, I, that's never happened to a team in the NHL before. But uh, you know, I, I mean, I listen. I, I think he resigns, but they got to they got to move cap space out and like they can't play oh that was another great part of the uh leafs talk thing i listened to was like well you know when they play 11 and 7 they get tired a lot faster which they had been doing throughout the playoffs yeah i'm sure that's true well they what if what if they end up playing like you know nine and four because they couldn't sign anybody else because they, they got all these guys that are making this too much money so like you know they, got, they, they have some serious problems here it's so right. good it's like this yeah. is this was the one like they, yeah if you look at their cap friendly they have um I think six, seven forwards signed for for next season. Yeah, uh, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares at eleven million. Yeah, uh, Cal Yarn Crook, Sam Lafferty, and uh, Wayne Gretzky himself, Matthew Nyes. Like <laughs> they, you know, this hmm. the Rangers and and Leafs together. Are are these this fun crossroads where you know like they're they're big market teams in the, in the NHL and that means that they they're gonna be able to make their own breaks and whatever, uh, but there's a chance here. Mm. There's a chance this goes pretty south and uh, you know they're they're gonna be running a, a defense back with they have six defensemen signed next year. Uh, mm. Connor Timmins is one of them and and Mark Giordano who went from being the right the final piece sweet, of the puzzle sweetheart of <laughs> right the you know he was i think one now he's only one miracle away from sainthood because he <laughs> he signed this this hometown discount deal with the maple leafs and then all season long was being talked about like the 
this guy is turning water into wine mm. at age 38 and then he had a terrible playoffs and now they all are like who how do we get rid of this guy right so uh yeah and 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 they have Matt Murray sign next year too this is this is this is good stuff this is really yeah. good stuff and uh, i really hate this team so much and <laughs> That we get to that they won a they won a playoff series they did it then they still found a way to yeah. leaps it you know in in retrospect you know as, as upset we as we were when they won that series um this is probably this has been the better outcome same with the Rangers I think so. yeah you know I would, we were I would agree. When they won Game Six and then they no showed they completely whiffed in Game Seven turned out to actually be be the much more enjoyable uh, result <laughs> it is and. and okay. It's it. It was so. You know what? So the tweet you sent out. It was so nice to see that get as much traction as it did. First of all, it's hilarious, and second of all, because it showed you how many people are out there thinking like this, right? Like you and I are right now, and could use an outlet to to listen to people talk about that this team just drives them insane, um, and. And they're painted like the crazy people by, mm. uh, by the folks who 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 are holding the pen. Like, right. oh, look at these rabid Islander fans booing John Tavares. Still, like, mm. what are they thinking? Oh, I mean, the people threw things on the ice last night. Yes. <laughs> Nobody. T- <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Like, it's an elimination game in Toronto. What do you expect? They got job by the refs. Like, right. Okay. Oh, and that was another thing too. Is that that uh, ref? Uh, that um, goal review took like 10 minutes. And I saw a, f- a few people being like, what other team gets a 10 minute long review for a, a potential goal? You know, got them calling back. Nobody. Usually it's like, nope, sorry, you're done. And that was great too with like the Dubas gifts and videos of him going crazy. Uh, welcome to what the other 31 teams in the league deal with every day, Kyle. Yeah. Like I, I was obviously, you know, just to get back to, to and we're going to wrap it up in a second, but like, just to get back to what we started talking about a while back in the first half of this episode about, you know, I guess this means Dubas won't be joining the Islanders anytime soon. <laughs> I would find it. I would be interested to see how he would react as a GM of another team, not the Penguins who are rumored, but whatever, because the Penguins are basically just as bad as the Leafs, but like, should he take over a team like the Islanders or like, you know, whatever, anybody else that's out there and find that like, you don't have all the resources and money in the world available to you. You don't get the calls. You don't get the, the, the scrutiny. You don't get the uh, exposure. Like what's going to happen when that, when all that goes away, like, and you're exposed for, you know, the actual kind of general manager that you are. I, I am, very curious to see if that would happen. Yeah. It's like, what, it's, what would uh, happen? Yeah. One of those, it's going to be like one of those things, like when, when someone, uh, like when you leave your dog for, to like go out <laughs> and do shit and they kind of just like run to the door and like look out the yeah. window. It's, that's what it's going to be like with, right. With, uh, Josh cloak and Luke Fox jukebox <laughs> and all those guys. Like he's going to yeah, be like, no, you, you have to stay here. Yeah. In Toronto, because this is where your job and your home is. Me, I, I'm going. I'm gonna go down there to you know to Washington to be the general manager of the Capitals. You guys <laughs> just stay. You don't need. You don't need to write about you know where my you know what my Tim Hortons order is or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like just stay, stay here, boy. Good boy. Mm-hmm. Like lay down. 
I mean, he closes the closes the door, and they just like wait for him to come back, like a dog does. And <laughs> I mean, it might be that you might be right. It might be like that, or he might be like, "Hey, where are you guys going?" Oh, I'm sorry, you don't work for us anymore, so we don't care, you know. And he's it's the same <laughs> with Bo Horvat. Like we heard about Bo Horvat for a year about oh my god, the Canucks, how they're going to trade him? They chose J.T. Miller over Bo Horvat. They're going to have to trade their captain. What a great Canuck he's been. What he, he's meant so much. I can't believe how they're going to trade him. He comes to the Islanders, and it's like Bo Horvat doesn't exist anymore. You never hear this stuff about Bo Horvat ever. Like they, they they gave you a week of of trade analysis. Of course, the Islanders and Canucks played each other that week, and then that was it. And now we're done. Like we're our Bo our Bo, Bo Horvat experience is over. <laughs> we don't need to worry <laughs> about this guy anymore because he plays for a team that we don't care about. And it gets back to again what we were talking about before. That's I think that's what would happen. He might be like, "Hey, where'd everybody go? Oh, sorry, th- this is this is Anaheim now. Yeah. Oh, so you know, or, or whatever. I don't even know who's who's yeah, got a GM uh... spot available." Right. What do you mean? What do you mean? There's, yeah. there's nobody here from yeah. from the athletic, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? You don't have a writer at the oh athletic, God. and they, they all they, and they all they all call him by like his first name too, which is yeah. hilarious on these like radio hits that I listen to because I'm a loser. So like when Luke Fox <laughs> jukebox is on a on a radio, you know, on Kipper and Bourne or whatever, mm. and he's like, yeah, you know what Kyle's thinking. I'm like, the way they say it, I'm just like, you yeah. ja-. like, like you right. don't. I know Lou is different, right? Like they say Lou, right. and like everyone knows who Lou is, but you don't ever hear brad for brad tree mm. living yeah even that even even a move from toronto to calgary would be an interesting god if he goes to, like ottawa or like it would right. just be great like yeah wouldn't have to guys. even be columbus or right arizona or whatever this, you know like yeah i was nervous that i was gonna you know we i wasn't gonna have enough time to talk through everything um <laughs> that i've put you know listened to and list yeah. read and you know you'd be surprised that i had a very productive day too yeah, and me too. <laughs> I was. I went out. Me, me, Emily, and Isla went out to. Uh, we drove out to Patchog, walked around, got lunch, came back. So I was gone for like six, mm. and I didn't make them listen right. to the stuff in the car. Like we, we did not do that. I wouldn't subject them to that. I, but mm. I stayed up late to to listen because I knew I was having this yeah. excursion. Got up early, listened, and did dishes. Listened, walked the dog, mm. listened, um, and. I'm I'm just very grateful that I have an outlet to to now get all this stuff out. Yeah. And I'm very grateful that I have a, <laughs> a co-host that would let me <laughs> that okay with talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs and everything that they yeah. for uh for an hour. I felt like I was rushing through the the Islanders part. I'm like, "All right, let's go." Come on, a little come on, bit. Come on, me too. Yeah. Yeah, like what what I want to just talk about the Leafs. Um and this is this is my f- if the Islanders win a playoff round, that becomes my favorite day of the year, of course, mm. like bar none. But this is and the Rangers elimination day is great, but it's different. Like this, they mm. the hatred this this kind of hatred is so unique and hard to explain to yeah. even you know hockey other hockey fans in my life that aren't just mm. they're just not as deep in the weeds mm. of it as 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 uh, uh, we are and people that listen to the show are. Uh, trying to explain it to you know baseball fans or whatever yeah. like it's really really hard to do because you come off sounding like an absolute looney tune yeah which yeah. should tell you something probably <laughs> you might want to i might want to take stock of that and just be like okay yeah maybe well, we've I acknowledged should. a few times that yeah. this is saturday yeah. night and we're doing yes this, yeah so. <laughs> um, but like this 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 it's it's not a you know, general kind of feeling out there in the world, like 
you know, we all hate, we're all basically on, on board with like a lot of different things that we hate, uh, you know, whether they're, you know, TV figures or whatever, like they're the, these like black hats and in life and everybody, you know, if you said you didn't like that person, hmm. I would be like, yeah, me, me neither. Screw that guy. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of like, like, uh, like a sports announcer that everyone hates, but uh, mm. you know, my, I hate Michael K. And right. and I, and I could say that in New York, and people just kind of understand that. But right. if I yeah. went to that same deli line and said, mm. "Oh man, the fucking Toronto Maple Leafs got eliminated," and I'm so, I feel so right. yeah. about it. There might be one person in there that's like, "Yeah, right. me too," and and they get it. Mm. But for the most part, it's it's not right. normal, and that that makes it hard to kind mm. of. Uh, deal with i guess and and get off your chest and uh that's why i needed to spend an hour yeah talking about this with you and (laughs) the people listening and uh i feel so much better for it yeah me too i I, I honestly couldn't imagine myself in a different place right Mm. now at this very moment than just feeling so happy Talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs getting eliminated in the second round by the Florida Panthers in five games, and perhaps ending this unbelievably insufferable era. I mean, I've been just waiting to hear what you were going to say. Like, I've been just, I, I've, you know, we didn't know if we were going to be able to do this today. You, you were out, I was out. I went to the flea market today. I bought some comics. I got a copy of uh, California Games for the Sega Master System. I was very excited about it, and. uh then my, my wife and I went out to dinner, and, and so I, when you texted me like, hey, let's do this, I was like, okay, because I wanted to do it. Again, tomorrow's Mother's Day, Monday's back to work and everything, so I'm glad we were able to do this right now. I hope we have been sort of a cathartic outlet for people uh, who may be feeling the same thing, because when, when this, the score came over and it was done, and I was sitting on Twitter laughing, I said to my wife, who was sitting next to me, I'm like, I, I wish I could explain to you. <laughs> what this feeling is like and why right now it's such a party right here. And I was like, you know, the, the best day of year, Twitter is a hellscape packed with the worst of humanity. Like, let's be brutally honest about that. But the best day on Twitter is one of these days like this, or like the Super Bowl where everybody is on and just the jokes are flying and it's funny and you just want to be a part of the party. Right now, this is sort of like a little mini party for hockey uh. people and, and we're having a good time here. She gets it. I mean, she knows why. Yeah, why no, we feel Emily, the way we do, but Emily, Emily like the, a couple of weeks ago, yeah, I was watching a a random playoff game, and she's like, she, she's like, you get, you should take a break. And I was like, yeah, no, I just want to watch and whatever. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but if it's you know the Islanders aren't playing, and she's like, and the Rangers aren't playing, and Toronto's not playing, and you're still yeah. watching, like, and and maybe you should just not watch hockey. And then she caught herself. She's like, I. Why do I know that like you need you need you need to watch all three of those teams like this yeah. this is not right. you know that's not normal. But th- that's when hockey's fun. Like right. to me, the Seattle Dallas series has been fun. The the Oilers Vegas series has been fun because like I don't care. Right? Like I don't care yeah. if the oh, Oilers win. So or relaxing. Win. I don't it's, care. You know, man. I am kind of rooting for Seattle just a little bit because it's kind of a cool story and Jordan Everly's there. But if Dallas wins, I don't care. Like whatever it doesn't matter to me. You know, so it's fine. But. Are they the okay. Toronto Maple Leafs? No, aren't you? No, don't give a they're shit. not. Just don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, and and I will say that like yeah, yeah, we we don't do many call to actions, but if you are friends with someone in another fan base who feels similarly, yeah, 
and, and, and could use this. Mm. Uh, Sens fans, Habs fans, right. you know, basically any other Canadian market. Like if you know someone out there, Red Wings fans, Fly- hey, fans, hey, Panthers fans, maybe they Panthers have fans, have right? Like, yeah. North America's team, the Florida Panthers. Uh, <laughs> They can just skip through the bullshit about Lou and and, yeah. and the Islanders coming back and get them to the get them to the second half and and they can plug in and listen to uh, two people spend their Saturday evening just <laughs> absolutely beside themselves yeah. that the Toronto Maple Leafs are not gonna keep playing hockey. Yeah. Uh, Actually, God, yeah. it just feels good. I hate Mitch Marner. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was talking big before after game four, too. So it was kind of funny. Um, but actually, that does remind me that like one thing I was glad about is I didn't want to just get together as much as we wanted to do this to make fun of the leaves. I didn't want to just get together to do that. We had we had stuff to talk about. A, a Trojan to, horse. A tro- <laughs> yeah. Um, but make no mistake, we, we wanted to do this and, and we're nearing the two hour mark now, which is a little bit crazy (laughs) when you think about it but uh again like mike said you know if you if you know of somebody in another fan base that could you know feels the same way and and could use the catharsis well we hope uh hopefully this can help them and uh maybe uh we get some uh some new fans that way that'd be cool uh okay real quick just before we sign off make sure to sign up at patreon.com slash islanders anxiety for bonus content and ad free episodes we are going to have our usual episode of weird islanders the podcast on friday so you're not through with us yet going to be going all through the the off season as we mentioned last week too so uh take a look at it take a listen to that episode if you haven't already because we got a whole plan set up for the off season uh packed to the gills uh but you'll get more if you sign up at patreon.com slash islanders anxiety you'll get stuff basically every week uh, if you're a uh tier a uh, country club tier member there uh you can follow us on twitter at isles anxiety pod leave us a review at apple podcasts read lighthouse hockey every single day for your most up-to-date islanders news and discussion uh, Dom and Steve have been doing a great job there and, and also enjoying this uh, Leafs demise as well. Uh, visit VintageIceHockey.com. Use the code 4Cups to get a free coffee mug or pint glass or Islanders Anxiety Puck when you spend $50. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Follow Fans First Sports Network on Twitter at FansFirstSN. And Mike, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. Read and listen to his work at Action Network. Soccer is... Still going, kicking up, right? We're getting close to the end of the Premier League, right? I think, and uh, yeah, is that right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. May twenty seventh yeah. or so, twenty eighth. So and... we're getting some relegation action going on. We're getting some uh, promotion action. So it's a good time to listen to Mike's Wonder Goal podcast. It's very good, and uh, that's all from Action Network. And uh, I mean, any final thoughts on? <laughs> on I mean, we've we've cleared the decks, I think. So yeah, to speak. No, uh, I, I feel else? I I just want to reiterate that. I feel really good, and I apologize to a lot of people that um, that I talked to throughout the day, and and I was like, I can't believe that, you know, I'm sitting, like I was so nervous during that game yesterday, and uh, I was texting people before and after. Like the, the the scariest part about it was going the, going up three nothing was a gift, but at the mm-hmm. same time it was a potential disaster because right. not only you know the the only way the Leafs win that round is through a miracle and we'd never hear the end of it and the the movies like it, it would become a michael bay movie basically <laughs> uh and uh i do apologize to the people that are like please lose my number i don't want to hear you talk about <laughs> this alternate worlds that you're making up in your head where the leafs come back like right. they're down three nothing buddy please like relax i mean i you're... was scared too but 
you know, really statistically, there's a reason why yeah. only four teams and you know, whatever it is, 85 yeah. years have done this. So, uh, so uh, very, yeah, very it's just, day. it's a great, it's a, it's a great day. Uh, and this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And, uh, and we're just getting started because <laughs> yep. this off season is going to be crazy. So, uh, but we'll be back, uh, this week, uh, with a weird Islanders podcast and then, uh, we'll keep going from there. And, uh, you know, if we get any actual news on the Islanders about a signing or whatever, we'll uh, probably be back to talk about it. Thanks a lot for listening. We really hope you had, uh, an enjoying catharsis with us. Have a great mother's day. And, uh, we will talk to you again very soon. Thanks a lot.